What's up, y'all? This is John and Wes back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. And holy shit, I, that's the best way to put it. And I'm not sorry about it, if I'm being completely honest. That was a hell of a weekend. It, at Thursday to Saturday night going into Sunday morning. That was a wild weekend. Hell of a um, weekend. Four of the top ten teams lost, and three different teams just felt their playoff chances get ripped right out of their hands. It was uh, it was pretty awesome. But before we get started, are you drinking anything? No, I'm, I'm not even drinking. I just finished my water. I'm trying to be healthy. Oh, well, one of us is. I'm still trying to get over this upper respiratory infection. Just finished my gallon water. I don't know if you can see it or not. There we go. Yeah. Right right, right there. Yeah. I, I'm still drinking this ASW uh, Fiddler Georgia Heartwood Barrel Strength Single Barrel. Um, it's phenomenal stuff. And as you guys know, ASW is our sponsor, but they are also completely run by dogs. Five different Georgia graduates are running the show over at ASW. And, you know, my good friends over there for the last four years running have been the most awarded craft distillery in America at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. I've told you guys about this competition before. It is nuts what they do over there in San Francisco. And ASW has won numerous gold medals for their Fiddler Bourbon line. And, I mean, head over to the battery, to the distillery at the battery. Have David Booth make you an old-fashioned. Drink it neat. Doesn't really matter. It's phenomenal either way. Or go pick up a bottle of Fiddler for your tailgate. This weekend, I'm going to be probably finishing this bottle off watching the SEC championship game. Must be nice. What must be nice? Being able to drink and watch this SEC championship game. You can't drink? I got 24-hour duty on Saturday. You you couldn't switch? No. Are you going to be able to watch it? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you're gonna ha- you're gonna have some specialists smuggling like three different hookers and a pound of cocaine into his room, and you're just like, I, I, I worry about it halftime. Doesn't matter. Worry about it later. <laughs> Come get me at halftime. There needs to be yeah. problems at halftime and after the game. <laughs> uh, we're gonna kick this thing off the way the weekend did with the egg bowl and. Uh, this got started off with a bang. Mississippi State, you know, as as one of us predicted, covered the spread. But they actually won this game. And uh, oddly enough, it was the loss that cemented Lane keeping that Ole Miss head coaching job. Oh, yeah. Um, Just start this off super weird. Um. Mississippi State had two different people rush for over 70 yards. Mike Leach's air raid had two 70-yard rushers. Do you know what the team total of rushing yards was? 140. 
97. There were that many negative plays on the quarterback that they had two guys go for over 70 and the team total was 97. Jesus. Will Rogers, two touchdowns, one interception, completing passes to nine different players. And if you want to count the defensive player, he completed a pass to that's 10 different receivers. The, the egg bowl, like every year, didn't disappoint. No, no. Will Rogers had three fumbles in this game. And two of them were recovered by the other team. Jesus. And, I mean, I don't know about you, when they had that fumble on the goal line with him trying to stretch it out, <laughs> told you I'm still getting over the shit. When he had that fumble on the goal line, I thought that was it. I thought they were done. Yeah. I, man, that, that looks like it. But, as we talked about for most of the season, Mississippi State's defense is the only consistent thing on their team. They were able to keep Ole Miss out of the end zone. And, you know, going back to just wild-ass stats for this game, Quinshawn Judkins, bad game by his standards. Only 91 yards rushing. You know, only 91 yards. Yeah, that's um, Sacks brought the team total down to 78. Would you like to guess how many rushing yards Zach Evans had? Zero. He had zero yards. I, I had the outline pulled up for once. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Evans had zero yards. That's crazy. Quinchon Junkins had 91, and the team had a total of 78 because of sacks. That's crazy. I just, like I said, this game never disappoints. I just – I don't know if I missed this play or what, but – the backwards pass, fumble, not fumble. What happened? All right. So it was a backwards pass. Yeah. 100%. It was a lateral. Right? Yep. It was a lateral. And anything that does not go downfield, anything that is not forward, if it is directly sideways, for those of you that don't know, if it's directly sideways, that's a backwards pass. Um, One official that was on the side of the play, started waving his arms and said the play was dead, blew the whistle. Yeah. But it was only one official and not apparently the official that makes that call. So Jet Johnson just walked over lackadaisically and picked the ball up. And that was technically a fumble recovery. Kind of like the fumble recovery in the national championship game. Yes, except for that was somewhat intentional. Jet Johnson was just trying to be a good dude. He walked over, picked it up, handed it to the ref. <laughs> and it was a fumble recovery, question mark. And, you know, I've heard some things brought up about this one where they're like, once the play was blown dead, everyone stopped going to the ball, except for the one player that walked over and picked it up. So I understand that complaint, and I yeah. understand the lack of consistency with officiating being a gripe. But at the same time, just tell your players to get the ball. It doesn't matter if it's an obvious incompletion. Just get the ball. Yeah. 
like we this is this was quite possibly the work week worst week of officiating of the entire season. Dude, so bad. It every game, every single game had a play that you you're just sitting there like you get paid to do this shit. <laughs> and I I know it's a part-time job. But man, like this is a part-time job for me and I like to think I'm not that bad at it. Eh. Okay. <laughs> um but how did we get this far into talking about the egg bowl egg bowl and not talk about the big man touchdown big man touchdown not Let's only go. was it a big man touchdown it was a big man receiving touchdown but like if i wouldn't really cuz i mean he played what tight end at Auburn? JJ Pegues? Yeah. Did he? He did. it was either tight end or like fullback at Auburn, yeah. Oh, hold up. I got a – I'm looking this up now. Yeah. Um Yeah, I had I had no idea that he even played for Auburn. Yeah. yeah. No, he was he played for Auburn in twenty nineteen. Let's see, let's see, let's see. He, was, oh. he came he was the number six tight end in the country coming out of high school. Yeah, he ran a lot of Wildcats while he was at Auburn, too. How did I not know this? Yeah, he was there. He was at Auburn last year. He was, according to 24-7 Sports, he was the number seven tight end in the country. And according to Rivals, he was the number six tight end in the country before he transitioned to defensive line. Yeah. He's tight end at Auburn. You know what? It's it was a big man touchdown. When you, wear, <laughs> when you wear a number that high and you're lined up at fullback and catch a t- catch a touchdown, it's a big man touchdown. Yeah. So, true freshman tight end gained two first downs and had a four yard reception at Georgia. Twelve yards rushing and two carries versus Arkansas. Three receptions for twenty nine yards against LSU. Two catches for seventeen yards against Alabama. Big man touchdown. I don't <laughs> Thick kings need love, too. I'm, it's funny how I know exactly what you were talking about without looking at the that. <laughs> I mean, anytime you have a defensive lineman score a touchdown, it's a good day. Yeah. Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. That yeah, was, that was really in the end zone right below our seats. I was really hoping they'd give Jalen Carter the ball on Saturday. Well... There's still a couple more games. At least there is. two. There is. At least two. Um, I mean, this just – nail-biter of a game. It's the Egg Bowl. I texted Sarthic at one point during the game, and I said, do you think they pull it out? I And he goes, I have no idea. Welcome to Mississippi State football. <laughs> And it, to give him all the credit in the world, the offensive consistency was 100% the problem. Yeah. Did, but, you, see, uh, did you see Mississippi State's, like, the two players post-game dog-pissing on the Egg Bowl trophy? I did. Did you see <laughs> after they were celebrating the win, somehow a folding chair came flying from the crowd? No, not just one, multiple. Old Miss fans were throwing chairs at the LSU players, or now LSU Mississippi State players as they were celebrating. What what I think is hilarious about this is that 
Ole Miss fans just don't understand the WWE, right? <laughs> like you either come in from the top rope, like off the top rope, or you use a chair. But exactly. a chair from the top rope, I've never seen before. Yeah, you don't throw a chair at somebody. It's hilarious. <laughs> but hey, I and they just, were they were big ahead. mad. They were big mad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. I get being upset when they were throwing the cans on the field after I don't understand throwing the cans on the field. I get being upset after the uh after that fumble backwards pass because that that was weird. That was just real weird. Yeah, um, I guess I missed that play. Yeah, no, that was that was that was real odd. But the trend of the home team losing six of the last seven continues. Jesus. Never change egg bowl. Yeah, I was completely wrong on this game. Another game that Dude, I was good. My picks were horrible this week. <laughs> and because I picked the opposite of you, mine were good. Yeah. So another game that you were wrong about, South Carolina at Clemson. Was I wrong about this one? I think so. Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. We really should have started keeping track of these like we said we were going to. We did for like a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you if you haven't been able to tell, guys, organization is uh, not our strong suit. Sorry, this is year one of the podcast. Year two will be better. Uh, yeah, we're on like episode 32. Come on now. Like yeah, once we catch up to the number of Super Bowls there have been, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, we just maybe. started figuring out transitions last week. So, I mean, hey. hey. You know, we're, we're, we're behind the curve. It's fine. <laughs> but, um... Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks are the snake in the grass of any team wearing orange this season. Any wearing orange and with playoff hopes. Yeah. Yeah. South Carolina has won back-to-back games against top 10 opponents for the first time in program history. After we all know what happened against Tennessee and Willie B, that was – an awesome game to watch for anybody that hates Tennessee, so pretty much anyone that's not a Tennessee fan. Um, and then, you know, South Carolina fans rushing the field at Clemson may be my favorite thing that's happened in college football well, this season. I mean, they Clemson allows that, so because, I mean, their fans do it after every game. Yeah, but the other team's fans. The other do team doing it, it made, made it even better. Never yes. change, Shane Beamer. Never change. No. No, absolutely. Uh, there's definitely a Beamer ball towel or towel getting ordered here very soon. You haven't done it yet? I haven't done it yet, no. Bro, you talked about that week three. I know. I was hoping he would just send it, but no. <laughs> yeah, no, I had to pay for mine too. <laughs> it's all right. I get it. Businessman. I get it. Business. I get it. We get it. When we get towels so, made. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get towels made. And it, it'll, on it, it'll say something like opponent's tears. <laughs> so in this game, South Carolina made crucial mistakes multiple times, right? Still managed to win late, right? So three minutes into this game, Spencer Rattler throws a pick six. Yep. 
Within the first 10 minutes of the game, Clemson takes a 14-0 lead. And for anyone that's watched South Carolina for the last decade, you were like, oh, man, this sucks, right? Um, And then it got worse because Gamecocks trailed 23-14 at the end of the first half after they gave up a safety. And then they scored 13 unanswered points. Beamer ball. Took the lead 31-30. And on a punt, Clemson was about to get the ball back at their own 44. So damn near midfield. And then Beamer ball happened. Clemson fumbles the punt return. That fumble was so weird, though. It never touched the ground. Yeah. But that's happened to South Carolina against people this season. Yeah. Like, in that Florida game, Spencer Rattler completes a pass. Dude looks like he's about to run wide open, takes a big hit, tosses the ball in the air, and the guy gets it. <laughs> like, it, it's happened to them, and now it's happening for them. Yeah. At the end of this game, Spencer Rattler had 360 passing yards, 64% completion, two touchdowns, and also two interceptions. And they, for for all intents and purposes, could not get the ground game going. I think they had – I don't even remember how many yards they had on the ground, but it wasn't good. They still beat the number eight team in the country at mm. the time. At the time. It's almost like Clemson's overrated, maybe. You, you, you shush. You don't say that. Yeah, my my friend that's a Clemson fan is obviously not listening to this episode because <sighs> I talk mad shit about Clemson. And you know what? I'm going to say something, a couple things again that I've said before. Clemson will not win another national championship under Dabo Sweeney unless he drastically changes the way he does things goes into the transfer portal, gets into the NIL stuff. And the second thing, I do not want to play the South Carolina team. No. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Georgia's defense is significantly better than Clemson's defense. I think Georgia's offense is significantly better than Clemson's offense. But this South Carolina team is different. The one that – it's almost like at the end of that Florida game, Shane Beamer walked into the locker room and said, you got two choices. Quit or get your shit together. They got their shit together. Sure as hell did. Going back. Go ahead. This team, like you said, from the Florida game, has been a complete 180. They have bought into whatever Shane Beamer is selling, and I have bought into what Shane Beamer is selling. Oh, 100%. I Let's let's not forget that the only touchdown South Carolina had against the Florida team that we all know finished the season six and six mm-hmm. was their punter throwing a touchdown. Yeah. That was the only touchdown they had in Gainesville. And then they just come and beat Tennessee, who is ranked what seventh at the time? Yeah. And then Clemson, who is ranked eighth at the time. Yeah. ended Clemson's 40-game home winning streak that went back to 2016. 
Does that mean no? What? I have to look at that then because we have a 27 game winning streak. So I can tell you that the top two going into this weekend were Clemson at 40 games and Cincinnati at 32, and they both lost at home. Hmm. I don't I don't know what the longest is now. That's I I want to say that it is. It, if Georgia's not number one, they're one or two. Because that South Carolina game was early in the season, and the other team that hasn't lost at home since then, since 2019, would be Alabama, but they lost to LSU late in 2019. So but, the longest the longest streak, like ever, like in all of college football, is 58, and that's from Miami. Okay, but obviously that's not current. We'll have to wait until college game day because I don't know how these stats are looked up. You're I'll, uh, I'm looking. I, I'm I was about to say. For it. I'll jump back on my Clemson hate real quick. Um, DJ Uyunglele had eight percent completion. Eight, not like fifty-eight. It was single digits. It was eight percent completion for ninety-nine yards. But they did have 237 yards on the ground, but there you just you can't be that one dimensional against a team that's as what as explosive offensively as South Carolina's proven to be over the last few weeks. You can't do that and expect to win the game. I just I don't I don't know what they expected with DJU and why Cade Glubnick is not their starting quarterback at this point, but if DJU doesn't go to the draft, I also think he doesn't go back to Clemson. So moving on to the game, and the is in quotations because the lost the shit out of this one. And I think we both said this. I think this is one of the few games we agreed on. Uh, if Michigan was able to get the run game going and Blake Corum was healthy, Michigan wins this game easily. They won it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I think we were both right. Uh, yeah. So I'm still trying to look this up. (laughs) Wait, wait for Bear Feliga to pull it up. But Michigan, 252 rushing yards against the alleged elite Ohio State defense. And then they added 278 passing yards with 11.1 yards per completion on average. Yes. Cornelius Johnson. I, honest to God, had no idea this guy's name until Saturday. Um, But if he is not a Bolitnikoff Award semifinalist, he damn sure should be. This (laughs) man had – he had a Randy Moss stat line. Four catches, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. That is absurd. And not only that, Michigan at one point early in the second half had five yards rushing. Yeah, they could not get that ground game going for the longest time. Man, I don't I don't know what they did differently in that second half, but 
to go from five to two fifty two and one half of football is something serious. Yeah, they straight up impose their will on the Ohio State. And Ohio State University. <laughs> no, man. I look, Brian Day is a great coach if he doesn't have to play elite teams. He's he's starting to get in that hardball. Um what hardball was thought to be. So Harbaugh was beating all these good teams, right? But could never beat Ohio State. Ryan Day's starting to get into where Harbaugh was before last year, to where he just can't he can't beat Michigan. That's two years in a row they've been blown out, straight up dominated and humiliated against Michigan by a Michigan team that was previously one dimensional on offense. Yeah, but they but- were. Chucking that ball. Oh, yeah. And the wildest part about it is J.J. McCarthy was right at 50% completion. That's crazy. 278 yards. That's crazy. I mean, there's no wonder Kate McNamara entered the transfer portal. Oh, yeah. 100%. But, so, answer me this. What elite teams has Ohio State beaten this year? Oh, you know, they, they beat Penn State. Um, uh, oh, okay. What, Notre Dame doesn't count as elite, even though they're a four-loss team? Okay. I've never, that I've tells never me everything ca- I need to know. I never count Notre Dame as an elite team. Never. What? You mean getting blown out in the playoffs doesn't make you elite? Mm. Making the playoffs every year just get blown out in the first round? No, we're talking about Notre Dame, not Lincoln Riley. <laughs> yeah, same, same, right? Same, same, but different. Yeah, one, one guy has a house in Malibu, and one one lives in fucking Indiana or somewhere it snows. <laughs> Michigan was the significantly better team all season, in my opinion, but they finally had the opportunity to show it on Saturday, and boy, did they ever! Man, I am so happy. And it's not just because I don't want to play Ohio State in the playoffs, because if they play like they did on Saturday, that's not really a concern. No. It's because all the Ohio State fans that proudly say the Ohio State, and the fact that they were arrogant enough to try to trademark the word the a couple years ago. They did. No, it, it got shut down in court. I thought I thought they were able to. No. What? So, have you seen the shirts that somebody a, a Michigan adjacent put out today? Uh. Uh-uh. So they're blue and yellow shirts, and it's got an outline of the state of Ohio, and it says the Ohio State University is our bitch again. So they took the M out of That's Michigan awesome. and put B. I love it. No. They won the trademark for the word the. Are you serious? Yes. Well, I'm about to get the hell suit out of me because I use D <laughs> all the time. Yeah, they, they won that trademark. But I think it's only for if you're talking about the school. I don't know. Chalk that up to stupid shit the Big Ten does, like put their best games at noon with Fox. Yeah. 
No, I mean ESPN pushed their best game to three thirty. Or not ESPN, SEC. CBS. Yeah, which is the SEC. Hey, we only have another season. Two more seasons. Of, of Gary. Two more seasons of Gary. And he you know what? Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe he'll finally get that dementia uh diagnosis and they'll replace him. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even, like, try to hide the bias and like, the bias of him anymore. I, the thing is, I don't even care about bias, right? Like, is what it is. What I care about is that he can't pronounce anyone's name right. He doesn't try to pronounce anyone's name right. And then it's almost like he doesn't pay attention to the games. It'll be like, you know, just for example, last week against Kentucky – Georgia was on the 24-yard line, and he's like, oh, I don't know if that's in Jack Lesney's field goal range. It's like, are you that stupid? I don't think anybody can be that stupid and have this job. Dude can hit from 52. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – I don't get it. At CBS, if you'd like to hire me, I will quit my job tomorrow, and I will try to stop cussing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hired Aunt Murray. They can hire us. Just, you know, just have that bleep button on standby. But, you know, hell, we we hear it all the time. Mike's pick up. Like, um, God, I can't remember the game. There was a game, I want to say it was the Michigan game, when a guy caught a touchdown and they hot, caught on hot mics. Somebody telling the other guy, I fucking told you. I fucking told you. And he said it like four times on the live national broadcast. I think the best one I've heard, I want to say it was a Texas A&M game. And they were talking shit about the officials. Oh, and then, I I need to find that because I haven't heard it. Was it. Hot. it was a hot mic. It was hilarious. You know what? If we can have hot mics and show coaches mouthing on the sidelines, F-bombs. I want an uncensored, like, simulcast of Kirby Smart mic'd up. I'd pay for it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If there was a subscription to where you could pay, and team-specific, like, I I don't really care about the other games, but if I could pay $15 a month to just hear Kirby mic'd up during the game and halftime, I, I'd, pay, I'd pay whatever it took. That's all I would listen to in the gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially halftime when they're playing, like, shit. Or, you know, just do what I already do in the Florida from a couple years ago. Yeah. That is saved on my phone. I need to get it saved. <clears throat> I'll send it to you. I have it. It's just not saved in my phone for whatever reason. Like, it's saved, but it's not saved where I can listen to it. I don't know why. You're messing up. I know. All right. So, last game I think we're going to talk about before we get to Georgia is uh, LSU at A&M. And the best part about this game, guys, is the outline literally says LSU A&M, LOL. That's that's all the notes we have for this game. 
Yeah, yeah. The uh, the one and only bullet point for this game is LOL. Because, uh, LOL. I, yeah. I, former number five team in the country is uh, lost to an unranked A&M team that even though they beat LSU is not going to a bowl game unless there are not enough six and six teams. And they rushed the field. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Bro, you know how bad LSU fans are. Are you telling me you wouldn't rush the field? I don't know. We have we just have Will on and he's pretty pretty level headed. Okay, honestly, Will is in the point one percent of LSU fans. Honestly, I don't know a lot of LSU fans, if any. I know a few and they never shut up. <laughs> Like I can, I can literally send you screenshots of oh. a guy that posted something just ten minutes ago. Okay, no, and I was wrong. The two LSU fans I know, Will and another guy I met at my buddy's funeral. <laughs> he's um, he's pretty level headed too. So he's actually There's a guy, fan. one of my best friends, LSU fan. He posted. Saturday, I know a lot of people gonna have excuses. It ain't gonna be me. <laughs> and then he posted a tiger. My response, yeah. my response to that was a gif of Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> that's all you uh, have to do. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all I need. Because Jimbo Fisher made LSU look so bad that it was a legitimate question if Harold Perkins was on the field. Yeah. Yeah, Instead of what we're used to seeing from him. Right. You know, seven sack games while he has has the flu and then against a uh, against a seven loss A&M team. You think he's on the sideline because he had a single tackle. Jeez. One solitary tackle. And so you'll hear from Will later this week. He calls AM Diet Georgia. That's not as good. Diet Worst Georgia. Diet Worst Georgia. That's what it was. I couldn't remember the exact wording. Diet bad. Worst Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is some. I feel like that's a way to say Georgia from Wish, but somehow worse. <laughs> because in all reality, what is a what does A and M have that is better than this Georgia team? Because they do pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, run the ball, all that kind of stuff. Um, but A and M's offensive line not great. They got a true yeah. freshman quarterback. But the one thing that they did have on Saturday, they must have gave them boys Michael Secret stuff from Space Jam because their receivers were making absurd catches. Moose Muhammad took the sleeves off and uh, <laughs> just I, – I think the sleeves were actually covering up the magnets in his hands because that one-handed catch he had in double coverage in the end zone – was stupid, Ridiculous. for lack of a better term. I don't. I mean, maybe that's why Jimbo wanted him to take the sleeves off. 
Yeah, it was covering up the magnets. Or maybe, maybe he's got, maybe he's Spider-Man. And he's got the webs coming out of his wrist. Oh, and the sleeves covered him up. Yeah. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think Moose Muhammad is Spider-Man. <laughs> you never I, seen them together. We need to make a meme of the Spider-Man pointing at each other and put Moose Muhammad over one of their faces. <laughs> Just like you've never seen Brock Bowers and Superman in the same room. Just right. saying. I, I mean, I've never, I've never seen Darnell Washington and Hulk in the same room. Just saying. Maybe, maybe we just, maybe we just made the Avengers. Who knows? Uh, We just need Moose Muhammad to transfer to Georgia. Mm. I don't think he'll make the same amount of money he does at Texas A and M. No, because I mean, all those people in the suites are paying for him. I was about to say, there's a lack of oil money in Athens. (laughs) Yeah, no, that, to me, that game was just, uh, it's pretty hilarious. Like, I I was watching the USC game, and I turned it off because I thought it was going to be more entertaining to watch LSU lose. And it sucks, man, because I was so hyped for this game and, like, the magnitude of this game. Like, if LSU wins... Do they make the playoffs? Is Georgia still in the playoffs? Now, like, like I, you know, when we were talking to Will, like I said, you know, this LSU has nothing to lose now. No. And that's scary. I I agree, but that is something that we're going to talk about in the later episode. So I don't want to, I want to give too many thoughts away early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you ready to talk about another just awful team that somehow made their way to five and seven? Um, the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, we're talking about North Avenue Trade School, the joke by Coke. Um, any other just derogatory term you can come up with for Georgia Tech? Because, and to be completely fair, they scored the first first drive touchdown that Georgia has allowed since 2020. Um, since 2016. No. Yes. Again, are you saying against Tech or period? No. So since at home, that is the first time anybody scored on the first drive against Georgia in Sanford Stadium, and the last team to do it was Tech. Last time they beat us. Oh no! I was talking about just in general. No, oh yeah, no. This this is the first time since 2016 someone has scored on the first drive in Sanford Stadium. Well, spoiler: they didn't win this time. <laughs> um. So, just to be completely fair to Georgia Tech, um, they scored two touchdowns. They did. Stetson Bennett only had 140 passing yards. On what? 18 um, attempts? On 18 attempts, 10 completions. He did uh, he did average 14 yards per completion. Yeah. Um, but to be not fair to Georgia Tech, they allowed 264 yards rushing. Kenny McIntosh at 86. Dejan Edwards had 57. Kendall Milton had four carries and 56 yards. Um, Dude, I love seeing Kendall Milton get in the end zone. 
Oh, man. I I think this is the first time he's really been healthy in the last year and a half. And, and boy, I, I, am I happy to see that man healthy going into the end of the season. I follow his dad on Twitter and Instagram, and, dude, I love it. Oh, man, I, I don't have any personal experience with this, but I have been told that his dad is a savage if you say anything bad about Kendall Milton. Oh, I'm sure. Dude, dude his dad's massive. It's another DeAndre Swift's dad. Like, is he as big as DeAndre Swift's dad? He's pretty big. I wouldn't say as big, but he's pretty big. All right. Well, it's now your job to get him on the podcast in December. I've tried. I will try and get him to get on, though. Don't fail me. I've been doing good with these guests, getting, getting people on. Yeah. Last, I, I, on the last minute, so. Yeah. No, we'll um, we, we'll work on it, guys. We'll, we'll try it. <laughs> um, Georgia Tech, 40 total rushing yards for a team that runs the ball. That's too much. 28 carries, 40 yards, average of 1.4 yards per carry. I mean, you could also call that not good. I mean, the fact that they have 215 passing yards. Yes, but I think this is one of those things where they run the ball extremely well, so the defense sold out to stop the run because they knew that they could not consistently pass the ball to win. Dude, all I know is they were picking on Keeley the whole game. And, man. With success. What I've noticed about Keeley recently is I don't know if he's got, like, a confidence issue, but Keeley Ringo will be in position. Yeah. And just won't make play. And just doesn't make – I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. It – it's frustrating, but the thing about it is it's not like he can't do it. It's just that right now he is not doing it. Yeah. If he was a young player and hadn't played all last season and, you know, that thing of where he hadn't shown the ability to do it, I would be more concerned. Yeah. But this team this team plays up to their competition, and that's yeah. something that we've seen all season. And I expect that to continue, but the consistency does concern me. Yeah. And something I've mentioned before about this Georgia team is, for whatever reason, it seems that they have played down to their competition all season. And I don't know if that's just not being able to get up for the game scenario or if it's just, you know, coming in cocky, but they have played down to their opponents and inflate up to their opponents this whole season. Yeah, no, I don't – I think it's a youth thing because of the amount of young guys that are on the defense. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with the youth on the team. But if there's anything that's good news is that all the guys that have first-year starters, after 12 games, are pretty much second-year starters. I mean, they've gone yeah. through an entire regular season. So I would expect and hope that changes. Um yeah. But but you never know. I mean one thing. some more some more good news coming out of this game. Uh Georgia Tech's leading receiver, um, Nate McCollum, is um he's planning on entering the transfer portal. 
and I'm going to be entirely honest, Nick McCollum is a phenomenal receiver. Oh, yeah. If, all right, guys. If you haven't seen his stats, he has 60 receptions for 655 yards. That's a lot that of is yards. almost almost 11 yards per reception at Georgia Tech. And this is a Georgia Tech team that is on their third and fourth string quarterback. Like yeah. when I say that McCollum is a good receiver, it's not he's a good receiver for Georgia Tech. He is a good receiver on Georgia Tech's team. Yeah. That any team star. in the country do what? He was a four star coming out of high school. Oh yeah. Any any team in the country with a competent quarterback is going to be lucky to get this guy. Yeah. Like I, I don't I don't like getting giving Georgia Tech any credit. But McCollum <laughs> is a phenomenal player. And I would love I would love for him to come to Georgia and get like two touchdowns next year on Georgia Tech. I mean, and speaking of another receiver, Dominic Lovett from Missouri has also entered the transfer portal. Yeah, there's there's a lot of portal news that's come out today. Yeah. And uh I I'm just waiting on Luther Burden to enter the portal. He and, said he uh, wasn't. Yeah, he said he wasn't, but he has liked some social media content through the season about him playing for other teams. No, this is like as of today, he said he wasn't. Mm, yeah, no, I understand that. But <laughs> what happens when they get blown out in their bowl game and he has two touches? Yeah. Just, you know, just putting out there what has been the trend throughout the season. As much as I'd love it. I'd love to see him in the red and black. I don't see it. At Luther Burden, you've You've seen our picture. You know you look good in red and black. Okay, we know he, he you've liked, seen our picture. He liked our picture. We know that you know that we know. <laughs> All right. You ready to get into offensive and defensive MVPs? Let's do it. All right. Who you got on offense? So, I mean, you've already mentioned it. It's got to be Kenny Mack again. Like, pretty sure this is like the third week in a row that he's been the offensive MVP. He like all he had 182 all-purpose yards, 96 receiving yards, 86 rushing yards, two touchdowns. I believe. Hold on, I just had it up. Yeah, he had one rushing touchdown. Yeah, it's just one rushing touchdown. But, yeah, these past couple weeks, dude has just gone off and has put this team on his back and said, follow me. Yeah. So, I actually just looked this up while you were talking about it. Kenny McIntosh has 654 yards on the season. He has 322 yards in November. Yeah. You want to talk about peaking at the right time? He has had half of his – season production over the last four weeks where he played against a good rush defense in Tennessee, a good rush defense in Mississippi State, a good rush defense in Kentucky, and 
Georgia Tech, who has two outside linebackers that, like it or not, are going to have jobs in the NFL. Georgia Tech's inside linebacker play is next level compared to what they're used to. And Kenny McIntosh has had the best four weeks of his career against good defenses. Yeah. Hell, looking at the rushing – even Carson Beck had three rushing yards. He also had a fumble. But he had three rushing yards. I don't know if that counts because he also had a fumble on a rush attempt. (laughs) We love you, Carson. Just don't give the ball to the other team, please. (laughs) All right. So for defense, you know, I I think there's a lot of options this week because – Smile played really well. Keely Ringo played well. Tyke Smith had five tackles. One of those being a sack. He had one and a half tackles for loss. But I got to go with Robert Beal. And I say that he had three tackles, two of them solo. And as far as like the tackle part of the stat sheet, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go all that well. Robert Beal had two fumble recoveries on Saturday. He did. And that's the kind of play that we need going into the end of the season where you play LSU, you play one of three teams unless somebody loses. You play either Michigan, USC, or TCU. And what do those three teams have in common? Explosive offenses. And you need a veteran like Robert Beal on the outside of your defense being able to do quite literally whatever is necessary. And he's done it. Can time in and time out. He led the team in sacks last season. Yeah. He, like I said, he hasn't really led the team in tackles for any game this season. He didn't even do it this week, but he made the plays that counted and got two fumbles. He makes an impact. And that's like the thing with Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter might not have the numbers you'd expect him to have, but he is making an impact on this, on, on the games. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, no, Jalen Carter, like I said, I mean, just like you said, he is, because of the injury, he was out for a few weeks, right? Yeah. Jalen Carter's 2022 season stats, 11 tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles. But you know what every single offensive coordinator talks about when they plan for Georgia? Get the fuck away from Jalen Carter. Yeah. He, Whatever he takes you up, gotta like, do. Dude literally takes up like three gaps. And like I'm not saying that like because he's fat. He literally takes up three gaps. Oh yeah. There I mean, there are times over the last few weeks that you've watched two offensive linemen go after Jalen Carter and he gets around them. Yeah. They were um they highlighted one play that he had against Georgia Tech where he the guard was pulling. No, sorry, the tackle was pulling. And he followed him because obviously, if he's pulling, he knows was like you know something's gonna happen. So he literally, like, was on his hip and made a tackle for loss because he knew that the guard was pulling. So followed him and ended up with this tackle for loss. And with Jalen Carter, I mean, obviously he's not the defensive MVP at least hours for this game, but. There's a lot of rumors going on that he is uh, going to be top two and not two in the NFL draft. And, you know, just like 
a few guys that got drafted in the first round last season. Trayvon Walker, Devontae Wyatt, and Jordan Davis. You don't have the stats, but the people that know what they're talking about see this guy play and realize the impact that he has. Yeah. All right. We good? You done? Yeah, we're good. I just I just trying to do something different this week. No, you're good, you're good. All right, guys. As always, follow our Instagram at nothing.finer.pod. We are quickly creeping up to 500 followers, so please go follow us there. We are. Twitter is at finerpod. We need all the interaction possible to get more fun guests on the show because a lot of people use Twitter. Facebook group is Nothing Finer Podcast on Facebook. If you have a YouTube account, go subscribe to our channel. Just search Nothing Finer Podcast. Make sure it's got our logo. We are going to start putting up a lot of the episodes on YouTube. This one's probably not going, but some of the others are. Um, we we had a lot of technical difficulties recording this one, so we're probably not going to be able to put it on YouTube. Um. And actually, it's not my dogs being loud this week, surprisingly. It's because you're behind the game. Ah. They, no, by the time this comes out, our ASW giveaway will be done for November. You're the only one that's done the hashtag. I know. We we'll we'll do a big social media push over the next uh, next couple of days to try and get some more people in on that because we only have two days left. Um, wait, and if I have to wait till Saturday, like wait till that's like do it on Monday, like next Monday. All right, yeah. So we'll do big big social media this weekend. Let us know what you're doing with hashtag Nothing Finer Game Day for the championship and win a free bottle of bourbon. Win some swag, some merch, and be good to go. Yeah. I mean, you could help. You can post a picture of you on the couch by the TV and just put up hashtag nothing finer game day. Yeah. Tag us, tag ASW, make sure you like both pages, and you can get a ton of free shit. Yeah. You don't have to be doing something fantastic to win. It's literally a random drawing, not which one we like the best. It's literally yeah. a circle. Yeah, you can post a picture, you know, especially if you're an LSU fan after this game, you can post a picture of you with an empty bottle of liquor in your fan and say, this team makes me drink, hashtag nothing finer game day. I mean, that one might win, but. <laughs> I, you never know. You never know. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to make a push through uh, through Monday and pick the winner on Monday night. I think we'll do probably 8 p.m. as the cutoff. And uh, you got anything else? No. It's like a championship week. Championship week. LSU hate week. We got got some unfinished business to handle with LSU. Yup. To say the least. To hell with the Tigers. And always remember, there is nothing finer in the land and a junk obnoxious Georgia fan. Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield. Underthrown and intercepted. Kaylee Ringo 
and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide.